wholesaling and fix and flip. And I submerged myself on that. So I started doing a lot of fix and flips in the suburbs of Houston, yeah. you know, in the spring, Katy area, and, and also doing some wholesale. So I was connecting with brokers and, and real brokers and trying to get off market deals. And that was my main thing, you know, when I was trying to find leads. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. I interview the top commercial real estate investors and industry experts so you can learn from their experiences. So if you're an investor, a high W-2 earner or real estate or tech sales professional that wants to invest in real estate without having to manage properties or leave your day job, then this podcast is for you. Or if you're already investing in real estate, but you're doing it part-time and you want to become a full-time multifamily or full-time commercial real estate investor, this podcast is for you too. You're going to learn a ton. You will learn from real-life multifamily investors and other professionals in the industry. They're going to share their blueprints for success. And I'm super excited that you're here. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, hello. This is Abel Pacheco, your host for the Five Talents Podcast. We are super excited yet again that we just continue to pull some amazing, really is high quality investor, somebody that's done some amazing things in real estate, 175 single family and small multifamily projects just on his own, no syndication. And then additionally, figured out how to acquire a large 90 plus unit multifamily apartment complex, again, with no syndication. And so we are going to get to learn today from Mr. Sergio Bejoves. Sergio, thanks for joining. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here in your show. And I'm here to uh, bring content to, to your show and hopefully help other fellow investors, you know, to really scale on this business. Yeah, man, you're going to drop some nuggets and some gems for anybody that's listening, grab a pen and a piece of paper because you want to learn how Sergio did this because he came to the US in 1999. He had about 400 bucks in his pocket and now he has about $20 million worth of assets under management. So he is one of those case studies and stories that you want to learn from. And uh, we are just super excited to have him on our show. So said he I know that, you know, you came to the, to the U.S. back then, 99. You've been doing some wow. amazing things, man. You originally were a mortgage originator. You did rehabs of high-end flips. You did some residential boutique developing, and now you're in these multi-million dollar apartment complex and portfolios, and your story is just amazing, man. Why don't you, you know, I'm going to turn it over to you. Give us a good introduction. Tell us who you are, what you do in your own words, and and let's get started. Sounds good, Abel, you know. Well, you know, it's been a long journey, 20 years in this country, you know, has given me a lot. Came uh, December 99, and I came with a vision, a dream. And since little, since I was a little boy, I always see myself really, you know, progressing and doing great in life. I got very good uh, inspirational, you know, like my parents, you know, were hardworking people and back in Peru, that's where I'm from. So really, really inspirational, their, their hard work. And I, since little, I was exposed to that hard work, you know, so that's the only thing that I knew, you know, just, you know, just work for your dreams, you know. And so, yeah, I, my brother, you know, invited me to come to the U.S. in 1999. He was a mortgage broker. So, you know, I started, you know, doing telemarketing and I worked with him for two and a half years. I'm very blessed that he gave me the opportunity to come to this country. 
if I have a little accent, I'm sorry. I will. I'm Spanish, you know, speaking. You're good. You're you good. Know, so you're I, from uh, Peru? Is that what I'm you said? I'm from Lima. Yeah, yeah. I'm from, from Lima. Lima. Man, Born and raised. Me and my wife got to spend some time in Peru a few years ago. It was amazing. We went to Miraflores. Oh, we went yeah. to the desert and oh, what is it? Huacachina, I think. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We did the sandboarding on the, oh, on the, wow, on the mountains over there. And oh. we got to see Chichen Itza. And it was just your country. Oh, Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu. Machu, yeah, oh, you so, went sorry, to Machu Picchu. <laughs> Not Cancun. That's another trip. That <laughs> that's was another trip. trip in Cancun we went to. Yeah, that's but, another But yeah, Machu Picchu <laughs> in Peru. I mean, everything was amazing. Everything was yeah. amazing. Your country is beautiful. How, how was the food? Do you enjoy the food? Oh, man, the seafood <laughs> was outstanding. I've never had better ceviche ever. Oh. So many different types of, but uh, yeah, that's yeah, awesome, yeah. man. Well, we don't mind the accent, my friend. We don't mind the okay. accent here. <laughs> well, well, born and raised in Miraflores, so the place that you visit, that was, uh, that was for born. What? That was, yeah, I was like, uh, that was my neighborhood. That was my hood. Man, so we stayed stories. in a beautiful spot and the water was right there. And, and you know, oh, it, was, my God. it was amazing. Yeah, oh, that's wow. it. Well, <laughs> small, small uh, world. A small, small world, world you know. Friend. Actually, one of my trips, I went to visit my mom, you know, my family and my parents, you know, and there was a development right in the corner, right next to where my mom lives. She still lives there, actually. Mm -hmm. And there was this big billboard, you know, it was a corner. It used to be a big, beautiful home over there. And there was a big billboard, you know, new development. And I went into that kiosk, you know, sales post, you know, and, and I said, well, what are you guys doing here? I said, oh, we're going to do a high rise and this and that. And I said, okay, I'll be back. So I went to the bank, <laughs> went to the ATM. Pull out 500 bucks. I said, okay, here's my deposit. And the rest is history. It was a big risk because I didn't know the developer. I mean, I was just yeah, going there yeah. for, for a few days and it went out good. I mean, they built and yeah, it tripled my investment. But that was like 10 years ago and it tripled my investment. So it was a, yeah. you know, just to, in parallel, you know, we were been talking, you know. Yeah, but, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, just uh, one of those things. But after working with my brother for two and a yeah. half years, you know, I wanted to get, you know, aggressive into, into real estate and, and I worked with another mortgage company and really we, she only had like two uh, loan officers and we expand that company. We, we end up being like 50 employees. So we worked together and pretty much from the ground up and it was a good run with her. And, you know, we were closing a lot of loans, you know, and remember it was, uh, it was the, the top of my career doing mortgages. And, and then in 2006, you know, it was like, okay, you know, I really, I was in El Paso, by the way. That was my first city when I came here to the U.S. It was in El Paso. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I just didn't feel, you know, I'm from the beach. You know, I'm from Miraflores. I'm not from yeah. El Paso, you know. I mean, I had beautiful experiences over there. I, I really, you know, uh, I did very good over there. And I needed a, a bigger city. I needed a bigger city. So then 2006, actually, my brother also moved to Houston. And then I joined him after he left and. And then the whole 2008 crashed, right? I mean, I remember were you investing in real estate already then? No, no, uh, no. Here no, in the no, US? Not yet? Well, at that time I was doing loans. And then I think I had two or three rental properties. And I remember when I was working with Floor after my brother, there was this guy that popped in into my office. And I had the first office that you walk in. And he said, hey, can you have a minute? And I said, sure, come in, have a seat. Young guy, in his early 40s. And he said, I, I want to refinance one of my properties. I said, really? Okay, that sounds good. I'll help you. I'll do a refinance loan for you. Yeah. And then he said, and I asked him, how many properties do you own? And he said, I own like 36 houses. And I'm like, <laughs> 36 houses? Oh, my yeah. God. At that moment, I mean, that young guy, I mean, young, I mean, I'm in my 40s. I'm still somehow young. Yeah. But I was like, oh, my God, 36 homes. And I said, why do you want to refinance? 
don't refinance. I'll buy it from you. So bouncing back and forth, I make the deal right there. That was my first rental property. Nice. And I bought it for, I think, 52. It was worth 70. There was yeah. a tenant already in place. Yeah. And at that time, you have your NOOO, not only occupy 100% financing. You know, yeah. it was a mortgage, yeah. you know, where you were getting 90%. Yeah. Different, different times. times. Different times. <laughs> yeah. So I was able to do my first loan, you know, myself. I did my own loan. Uh, you know, As the house. originator. I love it. Exactly. You know, yeah. I disclosed everything, of course, you know, uh -huh. to the bank, you know, that I was doing my loan. And and I got 100% financing. The property was cash flowing two, 300 bucks already. And that was my first rental. So I slowly buying real estate, slowly getting into the, into the notion, you know. And, but that was an inspiration from that gentleman walking into my office and say, hey, I got all these properties. You know, I just couldn't believe, yeah. you know, just so young and, and yeah. accomplished so much real estate, you know, his own. Yeah. So that was one of the stories, you know. And, and anyhow, and then I moved to Houston in 2008. You know, the whole market crashed, you know. And I remember sitting in my office with this pile of loans and, and I just couldn't close them. You know, I was getting those emails, you know, yeah. that the lenders were just they were going belly up. It was very rapid. So I took a break. I remember when I went to Lima and I went to Lima to kind of like rebrain. What am I going to do? And on my way there, I remember I read this magazine and it was the Real Estate Wealth Expo. I don't know you went to, the, to that Real Estate Wealth Expo in New York. And no, I took the page off. I, I know what you're talking about though. Yeah. And this is a cool story. And then I took the page off, put it in my pocket. And I said, when I go back to the US after this trip, I want to go to that convention. It was a three-day convention. The main speakers, Tony Robbins, of course, mm -hmm. you know, Robert Kiyosaki and Donald Trump. Those were the main speakers. Yeah. Oh, it was like 20,000 people in the audience, huge networking. It was a life changing. For me, Tony Robbins really inspired me to be the person that I'm today. I love so, it. I mean, I love, I love really. Tom. Tony Robbins fan too. Oh, huge. You know, for me, it wasn't like a game changer. It's just like, you know, just take the fear out of you, you know, and then he will play with the audience, you know, and make you scream and talk to the guy next door and then just lose. And it, for me, it was like, wow, you know, the power of connecting with people. It was just amazing. It's really a breakthrough experience. And a lot of people that follow your show, I'm sure that they've seen Tony, but it was really inspiring, very yeah. inspiring, very powerful, very powerful. So then I went to those conventions and started learning about wholesaling and fix and flip. And I submerged myself on that. So I started doing a lot of fix and flips in the suburbs of Houston, yeah. you know, in the spring, Katy area, and, and also doing some wholesale. So I was connecting with brokers and, and real brokers and trying to get off market deals. And that was my main thing, you know, when I was trying to find leads and a lot of people do this, you know, send postcards, you know, to motivate a seller to go get the list. I get it. It's a good strategy, but uh, you, you want to get also another 10 postcards in the mail. So yeah. what I age that, were you when you did this, when you started? Well, probably 32. I mean, I came to the U.S. I was 25. Got it. So there was a few years, you know, doing mortgages. And then I pivoted into real estate, right? In 2008. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I was in my early 30s. A lot of us that are investing in multifamily apartment complexes and big deals now, a lot of us started in single family. So I'm just putting a timeline together, but that's awesome. So how long did you do all of this, all of the single families, 
wholesaling that mailers, you know, sure. distressed properties. How long was that run? So from 2008 mm-hmm. all the way to 2018. Okay. That was my biggest growth, you know, into finding, you know, what it's going to be really my why you have yeah. to find your why, right? Your passion. Mm-hmm. I always love real estate. You know, I enjoy <laughs> mortgages, but it was yeah. just very transactional. And yeah. I needed it to do something that it was like I enjoyed and I loved. And, you know, my mom was a fashion designer. So I had those, you know, elements of, you know, sense of color, of design, space. And I think that, I don't know, I, I think I was good at it. And yeah. I was doing a lot of things and flipping the suburbs. And then in 2012, I was like, am I going to continue doing this fix and flip? You know, so many, like 15 to 20 properties a year. It just seems very repetitive. Yeah. And it was your typical cookie cutter, three, two, two. It's good to start with that. Mm-hmm. But I thought that why not just do less developments, less fix and flips with larger projects, mm-hmm. like bigger size budgets, you know? I felt that I, I gained experience to do that. So then I went to Houston Heights, which is a very cool neighborhood, you know, where there's a lot of 1920 bungalows, you know, and there's a lot of addition, new construction, craftsman homes. And I remember finding this little bungalow on one of the streets, you know, called Archer. And it was off market. And, and then I called the owner and, you know, we, we got into a contract. And that was my first, you know, high-end fix and flip development. Yeah. I bought it for 80000 I put seventy, and I sold it for three twenty. Mm-hmm. And from 2012 to 2018, I built this company called Project Bungalows. I still mm-hmm. have my website out. And I did all these uh, high-end rehab and new constructions, Houston Heights, you know, and we sold multiple projects a year, three, four projects, but we're like custom built projects, high ceilings, yeah. open concept. I mean, it was just beautiful. It's be- I really loved it, you know, yeah. and there were still three other builders in the area. So we really were, were expanding because it was kind of like a transitional neighborhood. And, you know, that was my experience on the high-end fixer-uppers and so all the money that I made all the proceeds that I was doing while doing all these high-end developments I started buying real estate yeah I bought more okay. single families I bought you know and our aplex you know I started building my portfolio you know and yeah you know before I knew you know I was like okay I have all these you know all rental properties in Houston and I felt that I was just also being distracted you know on the daily operations on my rental properties so it was a point where I said, okay, am I going to continue buying, you know, one at a time or I scale? Yeah. Should I, should I sell off this and do something else or continue with developments or should I really scale into the cash flow business, you know, through, through yeah. multifamily? Mm-hmm. My, my daughter was born, you know, and I think that kind of sparked me and say the fatherhood kind of kicked on me. Mine too, mine like, too. Is it? Yeah, mine also. Mm-hmm. I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old now, and, and I'm like, oh, I'm like ready to go, you know, fired up. I'm ready to. I know. Extra motivation. Instant, extra yeah. motivation. And you know, know that I need it because I'm very motivated just by, you know, <laughs> by, you know just I'm super motivated, you know. But, yeah. you know, when she was born, you know, it was immediately, <laughs> I mean, it's just look at her. It's like, okay, what's going to be my legacy? Cash flow. Yeah. It, it was instant. And then in 2018, I decided that I want to, you know, move into, you know, the cash flow and, you know, and multifamily and just kind of like move towards the cash flow versus being transactional and high-end rehabs. So 2018 were my last development, you know, with Project Bungalows. So I sold those projects 
And in 2018, I came across this broker that he approached me and said, Sergio, I have this portfolio of 105 units. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's interesting. So I got the numbers, you know, good cash flow. And where are they? I said, I mean, they were like in Wisconsin. You know, I said, okay, you know, went to the airport. I flew over there the next day. I mean, it's like that. Yeah, let's go. Let's go off market. You know, we drove all the properties. I mean, at least 80% <laughs> of the properties, you know, and Which is it was probably like a, feat, a, lot, man. What a, a lot of work. I mean, it yeah. was a lot of work, you know, so the 105 units. So I end up, so this is what we did, you know, because there was so much property, we end up splitting it and I use a bridge loan. I didn't syndicate, you know, I didn't bring partners. I wasn't used to it. I was doing all by myself, as you know. And so I talked to the seller and said, hey, we're going to do a split it into two. I'm going to use a bridge loan for 70 units. Mm-hmm. But the other mm-hmm. ones remaining, they're going to be, you're going to do owner terms. Mm-hmm. So negotiating back and forth, back and forth, I got the deal. I used a bridge loan, yeah. financed the whole thing, and I only put $100,000. Holy uh, moly. I know on the owner terms. So, so pretty much pa- almost hundred percent financing. Almost I'm going pa- to pause right here. Cause this is awesome. How many houses did you have before you were getting into the hundred unit portfolio? Probably I have 25. Okay. So the 25 that you bought, so that, I have was 25. Primarily, that was primarily your money and you were doing, you were always, like, it's always been my, I mean, I remember I was how, in developments. Yeah. I was buying, but how did you do 25 duplex. houses is the question. Well, I was buying them cash. Remember, I was doing high-end rehabs. Okay, so, okay. I mean, this is like good spread. I mean, I don't want to throw the number out there, but I mean, it was like one development could have give us, a, you know, 200000 Okay. So gotcha. you close two, three a year. You I have it in your volume. hand. That's your active capital. And now you're correct. going to buy them. So you yes. were doing bank loans on everyone, correct? Well, I was doing a mix. I was buying some properties cash okay. with the proceeds of the flips of the high-end flips. And remember, mm-hmm. we're like high, you know, you know, they were nice. good equity. Yeah, yeah. So some I put large down payments, some I bought them cash, you know, some I got finance, but you know, I okay. tried to kind of like, you know, park the money, not the bank, yeah, but park yeah. it in assets. Okay, gotcha. So that was 25. And then you're like, I feel pretty comfortable and confident. I know the game. I know what I'm doing. 25 times of anything, you start to get the hang of it really quick. Now you're evaluating a hundred unit deal. Break this financing piece down one more time for us so that we really get it. Hello, hello. This is Abel Pacheco, your host for the Five Talents Podcast. After listening to a few episodes, deep down, do you know that multifamily and commercial real estate investing is one of the best ways to create financial freedom? If you said yes to that question and you are where I was a few years ago, then I'd absolutely love to connect with you. A few years ago, I started personally consuming a ton of real estate education. I traveled all over the country, as many real estate conferences and seminars that I could go to. I took 200 plus hours of real estate education. I spent thousands of dollars along the way. And I did this because I knew the path to financial freedom for me and my family was through commercial real estate and syndication. So if you've made a similar decision, I'd love to connect with you. And potentially in the future, I'd love to partner with you as well. Take a moment, go to 5tcre.com forward slash invest and I'd love to set up a time to talk.
So going back into these 25 properties that I had in Houston, yes, sir. one of them was an A unit. Okay. okay? And I bought it also the same way, owner terms. I, mm -hmm. I bought it for $65,000 and they financed <laughs> me the whole thing. That's I bought awesome. it for 200,000. Now it's worth 650. Yeah. You know, this is just the power of buying it on time, good negotiations. Yeah. As you know, real estate, you yeah. make the money on the buy. On the buy. So they were the, Absolutely. on the buy, always on the buy. So that was my first small multifamily experience. And then I came across this 105 unit portfolio. Mm -hmm. So negotiating back and forth, we go to a final price, right? I was supposed to get a loan, you know, typical with 10% down, 15% down. And then I just, you know, renegotiated because it was just too much of property. It was taking us too much time. And I yeah. thought, you know, let's just be creative here. Let's just do a hybrid here. So I said to the broker, let's, let's split it into two. You know, let's do a bridge loan on this part. I'm going to pay you the same. You know, I'm not going to come back and renegotiate with you. I already had a, a great price yeah. from the beginning. And, and then the other portion uh, was owner terms. Okay. Owner terms. Yeah. So, so he, really, he said, hey, I closed uh, pay me this X amount cash, use the bridge loan for that. And then the other part is the seller finance. He was carrying Correct. the note. You're yep. going to make payments over whatever terms and, Correct. and that type of thing. Very smart. Very smart. Yeah. Yeah. So he got what he wanted it. It yeah. was just, yeah, we just reshuffled things around a little bit. And, and I he said, was you know, happy. Hey, he, he was got happy. cash in hand and exactly. he still has cash flow too. <laughs> so Exactly. Okay. So I used a bridge loan and they financed me pretty much the entire part. And then the other portion was owner terms. So I ended up closing with around 150, which is really, I mean, this was a $3.5 million deal. Yeah. Can't, and you got it with 150 better, cash. You know? I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Exactly. Man. You know, no partners, no partners, no syndication. Then the bridge loan was, at, I think, 8%. So it wasn't that bad. You know, the money is also on the cash flow, as you know. So then I, yeah. the same lender that did the bridge helped me mm -hmm. with the term loan. And I got it for, I think, 4.5% interest rate Yeah, on that package. And I'm still paying the owner on the, on the other part. On his note, yeah. And there's a twist on this part. I'll come back to that on later on this twist. But... And then, so then I closed, you know, and I was enjoying the cash flows and then just growing, you know, and it's like, okay, now what's next? Yeah. In 2019, mm -hmm. this broker called me. They knew, you know, you know how it is, you know, you close deals, you know, all these brokers find out that you're buying all these assets and it's like, who is this guy? Who is these people? So you start getting calls, mm -hmm. you know, people research, you know, who, who are the buyers in town? Yeah. So this broker called me and said, hey, sir, you have this deal. It's been in Lupnet actually, you know, for quite some time. It's a 65 single family portfolio, 65 homes portfolio. Okay. okay yeah. And in the same city. And the seller's motivated. We've been, it's been in Lupnet for quite some time. It's yeah. off Lupnet right now, but we wanted it. We want, I think, 2.8 million for all the package. Mm -hmm. So, as you know, money is on the buy. I said, okay, I'll buy it. I'll put a bit. So I sent the yellow eye. I sent him an offer for A50. A50. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a th it's like, a, a, almost a third of what he was asking yes, for. So go you ahead. Know, and global, the whole thing, it was, you know, I said, hey, man, I went through the underwriting. This Everything's is a good fly. deal at the right price. Exactly, Everything's a good exactly. deal at the right price. Exactly. So I said, you know, I don't know if I'm going to buy these assets. You know, you've been sitting, you know, for a long time. There's a reason for it. I see a lot of deferred maintenance. I don't know about that. I can't pay you 2.8. And I hate to send you an offer, but it's going to be a low ball offer. Sergio, I'll work with you. These sellers are super motivated. That's they awesome. want to get out. 
nobody's yeah. gonna get offended Sergio you know just go ahead and run it up <laughs> so I sent him an A50 he called me immediately are you serious I said, you <laughs> he got me. offended you told me you wouldn't get offended no exactly offended you know you said I you love know, it. I'm not gonna get offended so uh-huh. it was hilarious you know and he said come on Sergio I said you know you said you would not get offended this is what I can pay and we yeah. can close in 14 days <laughs> That's I didn't awesome. have the A50 lineup, of course, you know, but I knew that they, they would not take yeah. the A50. Yeah. And I said, submitted it, let me let me know. So he came back two days after. Sergio, they're not happy, they got offended. But from the 2.8, we can do 1.8. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. The portfolio was worth probably close to three, anyways. Yeah. So I said, you know, let me see what I can do. Again, the money's on the buy. And, and then I say, okay, I can give you a million. And that stops. That stops. Let me see what I can do. Going back and forth, we closed the deal at 1.35. All right. All right. So look at the amount of assets for that price point. It was just ridiculous. So then I start going through the long lending process. You know, challenges as always. So I said, hey, Mr. Broker, and I want to say his name. Hey, Mr. Broker, you know, there's just so much deferred maintenance. I can't work with in, on this deal. I don't know. The lenders are not comfortable. We got to be creative here. So we have to do on our terms. And he said, okay, let me talk to them. Let me see what the whole property, all the asset, all the package was free and clear. That's when you know. Wow. That's when you know you have an opportunity. Yeah. You yeah. have an opportunity. Sellers can become banks. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to pivot. Don't be afraid to make changes. Yeah. More when you have the information. And I knew, I knew at that time when I got the title that there was no, it was free and clear. And I knew who was the owner. Yeah. And the owner was a basketball player. I can't say his name. I can't say his name, but he's a basketball player, you know? So definitely he just wants to dispose. He wants to exit. He owned it for seven, eight years. Probably there was no much depreciation left. So mm-hmm. they were super motivated. Yeah. So you won't believe this, Abel. So I said, they're open to the owner terms. They want to see what you got. So I submit my offer again, a revised offer. And I said, 10% down. 6% interest rate, interest only for 30 years, doing three. Interest only for how, how many years? Anyways, that's awesome. And then, <laughs> and then they came back and they took it. <laughs> that's awesome. What a small pain. So let me just frame, because we have a few minutes. I really want to talk about your, your 92 unit. I've had such yeah. an amazing conversation already. I'm, timing. But I'm sorry. I'm, are we going over time? You're, no, 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 you're good. This is a great conversation. You know, essentially for the passive investors or, or first time general partners, right? We're just trying to understand how to get into an opportunity like this. And one of the goals for a lot of teams is try to leverage as much of the bank's money as possible. So they give us 80% of the loan and we bring, you know, maybe 20% down for the property. And then we raise capital enough for renovations. But another creative, very creative way is if the properties don't have loans, 
or, you know, even part of it, it's you're asking the seller to be the bank and you Mm -hmm. get in on a lower dollar amount, which is on this deal was like next to nothing for a crazy, you know, big asset and then paying interest only for some period of time just allows you to cash flow like crazy. (laughs) So it's like crazy. So it really is a great, it's an amazing cash on cash return. Astronomical. Uh, It's huge, right? (laughs) So anyways, that's awesome. And so in the last few minutes, Sergio, let's transition because this has been a great story up until now. Even better, your 92-unit multifamily apartment complex. So you took it and then, you know, tell us about this latest deal, man. That's, I'm excited. So this 92-unit, right? These properties are located in Daytona. There are two apartment complexes, 46 units and 46, same owner. They are like two, three blocks away from each other. So it's mm-hmm. 92 unit uh, portfolio multifamily. Mm-hmm. And I got an email from a broker, from a local broker here in Florida and say, hey, I have this you know, 12 unit for sale. I'm not interested in 12 units. I really need to scale. Get me something that has more unit count, more sizable. And he says, okay, you know, I'm being having conversations with his owner. I don't have it locked just yet, but this is the address. This is it. So I look at the, you know, I do my quick due diligence. I'll be there tomorrow. I'm in Palm Beach now. You know, from Houston, I moved in Palm Beach to 2018. I didn't say yeah. that transition, but I'm in Palm Beach, Florida right now. And I want to focus in Florida because I'm kind of, you know, that's my turf. But um, yeah. anyhow, so I next day drove to Daytona, toured the properties and submitted the offer. That was in the midst of COVID, Abel. And you know how challenging it's been last year. I submitted the LOI on what, May, April, May. I mean, we were in lockdown. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty brutal. So, I mean, while we were getting caught up on the news and <laughs> all the frenzy of COVID, you know, I really was trying to focus into getting this, my first multifamily. So I negotiated a deal where, again, I found out that the properties were free and clear. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is the Yabu. Awesome. This is the Yabu, Abel. I mean, this is like, <laughs> yeah. I can't believe, you know, but I love crafting deals. I love putting this together. This is my passion, you know? So... Yeah. Anyhow, put, put a contract and we negotiated where the seller was carrying 30% and we we're coming with, you know, 65% and I was coming with 10, 15% on my own money. Mm-hmm. So back and forth, you know, lenders were very skeptical. As you know, people were like on the fence, lenders were on the fence. And I was just trying to get a bridge loan to get me to a position that I can refinance. Again, I haven't syndicated, you know, I, mostly I use debt on my own money or sellers become the bank. So mm-hmm. I was just trying to craft something like that to where I can use my expertise into getting into the right deal. 100% occupied, you know, huge value add, rents below $150, $200. And you know the potential of that. You multiply yeah. that by 92 units. What, what are the cap rates in that area? I think it's six. For this type of property. Okay, six. Yeah, six. Okay. Six. So anyhow, get through the loan. You know, a couple of lenders approve it. Then they bail on us. And in parallel, I was trying to do a refinance on my portfolio so I can get the capital for the down payment. I was coming up with 15% down. Mm-hmm. You know, I have the equity that I built yeah. through all these years. So I'm like, I can fund myself. I don't really don't need to go and, you know, syndicate. Nothing wrong with syndication, but I wanted to do it myself and, you know, set that platform for future larger multifamilies where now I can syndicate. I wanted to kind of like be already on this space. So my goal was to come in, you know, with no partners, no syndication, but it was very challenging trying to appraisal 
in the midst of COVID for all yeah. these assets. Yeah. It was just impossible. I got the loan approved, ready to go to do the cash out. I was cashing out a lot of money, but it was just, it was very time consuming. I just couldn't do it. And then I went to Europe for two months. My wife is Irish and we were for two months to, uh, to Ireland and for, you know, personal matter. While being there, I was just trying to source the deal. How am I going to close it? How am I going to close it? And I remember my friend Jeremy actually met at Rots event. I mean, that's how we met Abel. That's we how met we at, met. At, at Rots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I said, hey, Jeremy, you know, I have this deal that I've been working for months. Now it's October. Okay. And I did a couple of ex- extensions. So I had time to do what I needed it to do. And I said, hey, I'm trying to raise some debt on my portfolio. You know, you don't know any private investor that wants to come in and I'll give them great, great returns. I need the down payment, close to a million dollars down payment. And he said, okay, I have a couple of guys that I know that I got just sold a lot of stock. And you can imagine, you know, so he, you know, he talked to him, introduced me to him. We all start, you know, brainstorming, talking about it. I said, you know, this is my portfolio, all my assets, the equity is there, you know, and I was just trying to get the right terms. And he said, you know, I love your portfolio. There's great equity over there, but I love more your Daytona deal. So let's see how we can all work together and do like a joint venture here, you know? So mm-hmm. I was able to raise a million dollars by doing that. And, you know, we're all active. And, you know, when you do a joint venture, we all have to be active. Mm-hmm. So that was the agreement that we all have to have a role. You know, we all have to be active. And so we got the loan ready to go. and. A week before closing, Avail, the lender bailed on us. <laughs> you know, know what? Something always happens. And, Something uh, always happens. The underwriting was, an, you know, the underwriter was a nightmare. I mean, the guy just, you know, we just didn't click. There was just a lot of misunderstandings. I think that they were cherry picking their loans towards the yeah. end of the year. So they were like, well, you know, we need more down payment. And I'm like, I'm already coming up with this money. I mean, I'm paying higher than bridge rates. I mean, we're paying 9%. It was crazy. The, the rate was just too high. But I said, okay, we'll just, you know, we'll refinance, you know, in six months, and, you know, we'll take the hit. So that was on a Friday. On the weekend, I talked to my broker and said, hey, Mr. Broker, we got to do something here. This is the situation. We have almost a million dollars because I got A50. I got almost a million dollars. Well, we need a bank. They just deal directly with the owners. Let them send them, you know, mailbox money every month. You know, it's free and clear. We'll close on Wednesday. We got, we got <laughs> it. We got, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. That weekend, my wife didn't see me. I was just like, you know, crafting text messages, how to engage. We were bringing, you know, you, yeah. know, you know, masterminding, yeah. you know, virtually with the brokers trying to come up with a strategy, you know, with the text messages because these sellers would not talk to you. It was all text message. So anyhow, we proposed them a million dollar down at a 5% interest rate on a 30 interest only for two years. <laughs> oh there my God. Go. Yep. And they say, how soon can he close? Oh my God. That was it. Abel. That like was tomorrow. Oh my God. We can get to the closing just, table. Exactly. So, so they agree. Wow. We did an, an amendment. I said, I'm closing on Friday, next Friday. There you go. We need to get the paperwork ready to go. Talk to the lawyers. We have everything lined up. So I went back to the group and said, okay, we raised 850. We need an extra 200. 
to get to the finish line and have some capital for the capex. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a yeah. twist here. There's a there's a twist here. Yeah. So my capital partner said, okay, you know, let me let me talk to my family. Let me make sure that we are aligned. I already commit for this much. So, you know, so you know, there's just you know, you're asking for a little bit more, but I understand the value of going this way versus going with a lender. So he said, okay. So I follow up, follow up with the team. No results, no answers. Thursday comes. My lawyer calls me, Sergio, we're closing tomorrow. Are you ready to go? You have all the funds needed. And I said, I'm still short. I'm still short. I'm working on it. I'm still short. He says, Sergio, you've been a great guy. I think you can sense it, Abel, where it's coming. He said, you've been a great guy. I really love working for you. I mean, this is a top lawyer, top, top, yeah. top lawyer. Yeah. This is the lawyer that you want to get to know. And he said, you know, you're working very hard. You really work your butt off on this deal. You earn it. I just closed at two large deals. And I'm going to give you the money to close. You just pay me the same 5% and you, you pay me at the end. You don't have to pay me now. You just pay me at the end. I'll draw the documents for you, a second note for free, you know, because I'm doing the first and we'll get to the finish line. How about that? Oh my God, I got goosebumps. <laughs> I mean, I was about, I was like crying pretty much, you know, I couldn't believe it. I felt so, so blessed. I feel so grateful, you know, for his kind words. It wasn't about the money. It was just him trusting me and yeah. this relationship. And you, you have relationship with everybody, you know, family is a team sport. Real estate is a team sport. You cannot do it on your own. And yeah. I just felt so grateful and so blessed that he was just giving me this last push. And I said, of course, let's do it. Let's close. So he wired the money, send the document, Friday I close. Man, that is awesome. <laughs> this power of, of relationships, power of creativity, Amazing. the dedication, the persistence, the hope and faith that you put in it, and then just keep driving it, keep driving it, the will to get it done no matter what. And I was no talking way. to somebody, another smaller team, and actually this, this conversation, I was like, relationships are so valuable networking mm -hmm. is absolutely where your net worth is. And in this, this world is pretty small, our commercial multifamily world. And if you're working with one attorney, one team and whatever, it kind of, you know, it's, it gets around pretty quick. And, you know, if you can keep and establish that trust and work with others in this manner, you're going to have many doors open to you. So that is amazing. It was, it was amazing. And then when I went back to the group with the news, of course, they were yeah. super excited. And they yeah. say, you know, by the way, we got the money lined up. Now that extra money that I asked them to bring is going to help us to, to have a reserve for the CapEx. So it's win-win. Yeah, I know. That's awesome. Well, Sergio, we're at our time. I want to, we have to talk again. That's for sure. Uh, I have to bring you on <laughs> another show to dig in on any number of these topics, but let's, let's make sure that we give our listeners. Now you are syndicating. Now you are raising yep. capital. Now you are Correct. trying to put future deals together. So if anybody wants to reach out to you to potentially invest in some future projects, where's the best place they should go? How do they reach out to you? They can go to my website, worthavenuecapitalgroup.com. They can reach me through my website or they can just, you know, I have my cell phone. Can I give my cell phone? Absolutely. Whatever you want us to publish, we'll publish. Uh, maybe just a website for now. Maybe just a website. <laughs> maybe just a website. Yeah, that's all good. Uh, my email is sergio at worth, A-V-E-R-E-I-R-E-I.com. Like right. Worth Avenue, real estate, but just a-V-E-R-E-I.com. 
And we'll connect that and link it in the show notes. It was amazing. I really enjoyed this episode. You've lit my motivation up to even get even creative on these larger deals as well. And I appreciate your time. And is there anything else we didn't touch on you're hoping that we we got a chance to talk to you before we leave? Any no, last think, final word? I think that again, if I would not if I would not gone to that multifamily event, I would have not met you, Abel. It all comes down to that. You really have to make take action. You're sitting, waiting for things to happen that they're not going to happen. You really have to be proactive, you know, and be relentless because yeah. things are going to happen to you if you are relentless. So congratulations for your show, by the way, you know, you are all over, you know, great content. I listen to your podcast. I mean, you guys are on my follow group, go to a bell. I mean, great content and your inspiration story too. You're doing, you're kicking ass. You're doing great. All right, brother. Thank you so much. I sincerely appreciate it. This has been an amazing show, my friend. And again, my name is Abel Pacheco. I'm your host for the Five Talents Podcast. If you want to hear other amazing stories, just like Sergio's, please subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five-star review if you thought it was amazing. If you didn't, I don't know, you're missing something or leave us a written review on how we can improve. But uh, I appreciate it. And Sergio, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Take care, bro. Take care, bro. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. Each week, we're going to bring you interviews from other industry experts and commercial real estate investors who followed their dreams and achieved massive success. If you enjoyed this episode, then you're going to want a copy of our Passive Investor's Guide, Tackling Commercial Real Estate the Easy Way. It's the guide we use to invest in $93 million of commercial real estate. It's a 65 page ebook. It's a great resource to learn the basic mechanics of multifamily syndications. And we're gonna show you how to evaluate your next passive investment opportunity. So if you subscribe to our podcast now, leave us a review and a rating, I'm gonna give you a free copy. So take a moment to do that now. We'd appreciate it. And then you can register for the book at 5tcre.com forward slash ebook, 5tcre.com forward slash ebook. Let us know and we're going to send you a copy. Thank you so much for subscribing to the Five Talents Podcast.